Welcome to episode 74 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college and pros. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski, Scott Harrington, and producer Dan Humphrey. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This segment of the Ohio Hockey Digest on-air podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with Ohio Hockey Project. Visit www.ohiohockeyproject.com to learn about drop-in skills and individual and small group sessions. We want to start by welcoming another live audience tonight. If you have joined us live via Zoom, Please sit tight and enjoy the show. If you have any questions or comments, please type those into the the chat. And if an opportunity presents itself, producer Dan Humphrey will put you on with us. Well, last week we talked and we uh, got the the preview of the state tournament. It was a great show. Scott, I think uh, you said that it got a lot of listens. Yeah. Yep. That time of year, people start paying attention. Oh, man. They do, don't they? Uh, So let's start. I mean, let's kind of just recap a little bit and I'll let you talk. A little about what has happened over the last week. Well, we're down to uh, two teams, the district uh, finals in each of the uh, four districts, regions, we should say. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit more, but uh, had a chance to get out and see a couple games. Uh, I was at Brooklyn on Saturday. There were There's a reason why we play the games, right? There was one game that was supposed to be really close, one that wasn't supposed to be really close, and we ended up with a close game and a not-so-close game, and they weren't the ones that they were supposed to be. So there is a reason uh, why we we play those games, and uh, it was great to see a a pretty full building and uh, expecting uh, even more people out at the rinks for the four uh, championship games this weekend. Well, the feel is is good, not just in hockey, but you talk about, like, what's going on this time of year, wrestling, basketball, swimming, diving, indoor Saint track. St. Patrick's Day. So St. Patrick's Day, March absolutely. Madness. So it, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see the building. Like, I was here at school. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Spring tomorrow, break. Sorry, spring sorry, break. Sorry. I was here at the school um, Saturday morning for the sectional wrestling. And I think there was 10 teams here. And it was packed. Mm. And there was people cheer. It was just so nice to be able to see that and feel that again it was nice yeah great time of year and uh so our for our three guests who were able to join us last week and offer their uh insights uh we appreciated that they uh, all do a great job out there covering not just hockey um but other sports and uh some great insights for us and it was a great show and like you said there was a 
a lot of traffic. Did anybody get hold of Lilstrung? Did he get his tin cans and his string fixed? <laughs> I don't know. He felt really bad about that. He, but, he was uh, he was like this. He's like, well, over in the, the it, what I, we got. Actually, I just thought you guys had the, the bleep button going. I thought Lil Strong <laughs> was totally out of character and swearing like crazy. So I yeah. don't know if uh, hopefully he got his uh, Internet fixed out there. Wherever it's like, he lives it's like that east. meeting where my boss asked a question. I didn't know the answer. And I pretended I was frozen <laughs> when I was working from home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That to our listeners, that's a true story, correct? It is a true story. I don't know if our listeners remember it, but go ahead. No, we were, you know, during the early days of the pandemic, we were all working via, uh, we use Microsoft Teams where I work and we were all doing that. And my boss asked me a question and I, everybody was having technical issues that day. And some, she asked a question. I had no idea what the answer was. And I just stood perfectly still looking at the camera <laughs> until they went on to something else. And I was just hoping, hoping the TV wasn't on behind me or the cat didn't walk through the frame or something. Did at any point, I, did anyone say, Oh, I, I waited a good five minutes and then I popped back on when somebody else was talking and, but no one said, Oh, I, I think he froze. Yeah. Oh no, they did. They're like, Oh, oh we lost him. <laughs> Next. How did you, how did you keep from not smiling in that moment? I was terrified. That's why. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've got a great show today. Uh, we are going to be joined by J uh, John Carroll's head coach, Scott Santry, and Captain Brian Russell today. Uh, but before we do that, let's see what's up with the boys. Danny, you're back at home again. Uh, will you ever join us here in the studio? Um, probably not, but I mean, because it's easier to produce the show from home. Okay. Um, you know, since we're mixing in the live music and everything now, I'd don't really know uh how that would work in the studio so you know right now if it's if it's not broke don't fix it um plus it keeps uh the wife happy that i'm home so well that's good that's good so what's new with you uh nothing um big jv state tournament weekend uh you know they put out a good tournament there in gilmore they had 20 18 teams in total um you know upper division lower division it didn't really pan out the way that we hoped our season would end but again just shout out to all the guys over there they put on a top-notch tournament and it's nice you know getting all the jv teams in from around the state yeah it's, it sure looked like a great tournament T great turnout and i know uh, like you i know you told me it was run spectacularly so you know shout out to that group over there at gilmore for making sure that our jv guys uh continue to play through and get a, a, you know, to be able to finalize the season. Yep. So, um, snow's also melted here. I was out, uh, looking at my garlic I planted, you know, back in the fall. It has not popped up. Oh, I got a couple, a couple little sprouts that popped up. Okay. All right. So, you know, just getting, getting the itch to get back out there. There we go. Green thumb dammy. There you go. <laughs> well, we look forward to those, uh, uh, stories about what you're going to plan. Are you going to be able to like, are you going to redo the entire thing again? Yes. Oh, I, I moved it already. I moved it in the fall. Um, cause where it was, it did not get enough sunlight for my liking. So we're trying a different little spot in the yard and we'll see what happens. Did you have to cut any other trees down? Uh, no, not yet, but we did have a tree in the front yard that not at all the snow melted. We, um, realized dropped probably about a million monkey balls and Denise is monkey. not hat monkey. monkey monkey 
Denise is not having all these no. uh, monkey balls in the yard. So she said, maybe we'll just cut that one down too. Oh, and Danny, you're all about cutting trees down. So you're perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I mean, that's why they make chainsaws. That's right. That's right. That's right. Scott, what's new with you? Not too much. Uh, like I said, spent a lot of time in the rink the last week, midweek, and then on Saturday and got a little uh, stuff done around at the, uh, around the house on Sunday and got some, went out for a nice walk in the Metro parks down by the uh, Marina in Rocky river. I went up, up and down on that hill, hill a couple of times. What was it by Sweetwater? Is that what it's called? Sweetwater Landing, is that yeah, it? yeah, the mouth of the river there. So you went up and down that hill a few times, a couple times, and then for uh, fun. What? Well, to try to not for fun, but you know, get rid <laughs> Educa- of the winter educational purposes. Get rid of the winter, the winter weight, and then uh, walked around Lakewood a little bit. It's nice, up cool. in earth shattering. Jade, are we uh, done with the football? We're oh yeah, done yeah, with yeah. are we basketball now or no, what with the little kids? We're in uh, learn to hockey. We're in learn to hockey right now. It's a whole different uh, dynamic. It's a whole different element. It's fantastic. It's some of the funniest things I've ever watched. I, I thought football couldn't be topped with uh, Grandpa. <coughs> Excuse me. Live radio right there. <laughs> he says, "I used to play a little semi-pro ball in my day." You know, we don't have any of that no. at the hockey rink, but uh, it's fun to watch these kids in full pads just just kamikaze themselves into the boards because they don't really know how to stop, which is even better. Do you have anyone that just stands on the glass and bangs on the glass? <clears throat> from on the ice or from off the ice? From off the well, ice. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, because off the ice, it's it's a pageant. Everybody's waving. Okay. Everybody waves. And, and my mom was there. And my mom likes to wave. And it doesn't matter whose kid it is. So it was pretty comical to me to watch her wave at this little kid. And this little kid stuck his tongue out at her. At your mom? Yeah. Because yeah, he didn't know her. Why is this stranger waving at me? So the kid stuck his tongue out at her and I laughed. And my mom, before she did that, she's all the kids like when you wave to them. And then this one sticks his tongue out. And I went, apparently not all of them. Mom. No. Sorry. No. Yeah. That's about it with me, man. Just uh, in the ice rink. The electric factory over the weekend. The electric factory. It the, it's the electric factory. I, I watch clips from Toledo electric. I watch clips from Brooklyn, from Columbus. The electric factory is open for business. I watched a few from Kent as well. You are yes, right. Yes, yes. It is. I mean, these rinks are buzzing right now when it comes to high school hockey. It's good times. The crowds are there. It's great. The pants ch- are going. It's really, it's it's really cool. It's you really cool. Can't do that. Right. <laughs> I was out on. Uh, obviously, you guys know uh, both my daughters are having the volleyball, and it's heavy now, right? It's going heavy now. So I was out in Cedar Point on Sunday uh, for the second part of the tournament. And, and it was uh, my oldest daughter's at the age now to where there's a lot of colleges there walking around. So it's kind of interesting. Um, so that's that's kind of unique. It was kind of a good, uh, interesting day out at, at, at the Cedar Point complex, which is a beautiful complex. Um, Dan, my my garlic has not popped yet, but I have not walked back to see. So I will let you know. Right. The reason why I don't want to walk back there to see if it's popped because I have two dogs and you know what? I'm going to walk myself into the backyard after the snow thawed. <laughs> yeah. I so. mean, that's, that's how I ventured back there. I was, you know, of course, you know, the winds were blowing strong in the house today. And I got told that all the dog poop <laughs> needs to get picked up immediately. So, uh, 
so Emmett can go play outside. So flags are flying today. Huh? Well, yeah, yeah, well when, it, when it does get warm, when it does get warm and the water temperatures warm, the the air starts to move. D. <laughs> Those are the trade winds coming out of the south, huh? Absolutely. Well, by a nor'easter. <laughs> well, uh, there's a ton going on, obviously, right now as we talk about. I mean, any reactions? Did we get any reactions to the tweet from the first rounds of the high school? Because that started oh. to get a little bit of uh, legs underneath it. It did. It, uh, it. I don't think it went viral, like the kids say. Do the kids still say that? Yes. I don't know what that. How many? How much activity you need for that? But there was there was like fifteen thousand impressions on Twitter, if you know what that means. So a lot of people were commenting on it and liking it and passing it along. And uh, if you missed it, I just listed. Well, I did it on the podcast last week too. Just listed all of the lopsided scores from the first two rounds uh, of the hockey uh, district tournaments. And I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember when uh, Chevy Chase did the the news on SNL. Absolutely. He used to say, uh, and in major league baseball scores from yesterday, six to three, five to two and four to one. Yeah. And then move on to something else. So that's what I was going for with the, uh, Chevy chase, uh, gif. But, um, so we did get a lot of, a lot of, um, people commenting on it. Um, we got a few comment. Well, a lot of people wanted to point out that, that there's lopsided scores in other sports, which is, I guess, valid, but, I don't think that changes anything. Those yeah, but, but there's to fix that too. No, but there's lopsided scores in other sports at different levels. Like there's division one, there's lopsided scores, division three football yeah, or yeah, basketball, yeah. but it's not, it's not your division one playing against your division seven. Right. Right. It's not that you were ever going to get rid of every no. mismatched, you know, but the amount of them will decrease tremendously. Yes. Right. So, the, yes, there are still going to be some lopsided scores. That's it is what it is. But the amount of lopsided scores will decrease because we'll have parity. We'll, it'll, it'll be separated. Right now. I don't think and, and, and maybe you guys, we can talk about this. The state of Ohio, Ohio High School Athletic Association has been very, very uh, tight with making this change. But then they go and tweet out yeah. that on this day, a school scored 27 goals right. against another school in sectional play. I think that probably went viral on what right. the hell are you doing? Yeah. Shouldn't be promoting that. That's exactly what we're trying to get rid of. Right. That they did promote it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, and I also want to point out that all that we spend a lot of time pointing out the, the 11, nothing and 12 to one game. We're not trying to keep on the, uh, the teams that are on the wrong end no. of those. Um. But, you know, we're just trying to uh, highlight something that needs to be fixed, obviously. And then um, the other issue, and I'm going to have to defer to you guys, the double rostering uh, question that somebody brought up and that might help. And there were a couple comments. And if you are a, list, a live listener uh, and you want to chime in, uh, put your comments in the chat and then uh, our producer will let you in if, if we can do that. So in the state, we're not allowed to double roster, right? So. You have to be on the Ohio High School Athletic Association roster by January 1. Okay, you cannot play for two different teams. States around us, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana, <clears throat> excuse me, they're allowed to, go ahead. So for people listening, double rostering, meaning high school and what? And like uh, a U18 team, a U16 team, a club team, whatever it may be. 
a USA hockey, a yes. USA hockey sanctioned team. Right. So you can't play high school hockey and right. with the yes. USA hockey team at the same time. Right. Correct. States around us, they allow those kids to do that, but their high school season is usually played during the week and not on the weekends. And it, if that's the model that they're going to follow, that's great. You know, we just have to make sure that the, the USA hockey teams and the high school teams play in the same sandbox. See, these other, these other states have done it, and they've all understood that, you know, practice times and such may be, and they play in the same sandbox. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that, that the AAA programs, well, here in Cleveland, the one AAA program, I don't believe they play in the same sandbox. So it was an issue of not enough ice time to go around or um, allowing somebody who's on your, whether you're the high school coach or the USA hockey coach, allowing your players to practice for the other team X number of times. Me, 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 me. That's what it is. Me, 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 me. Right. So I, as a hockey coach, let's say I have practice on, I don't know, let's just throw it out there, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? And I've got two kids that are on a USA hockey team that practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. How do you, I mean, how do you, how do you manage that? Well, you got to manage it together. Uh-huh. You got to manage it for the betterment of the player and each program, not one. So it can be done. I, I mean, obviously, if you look at Pennsylvania, Michigan, they make it work. So the argument being, if you could play on both, a lot of kids would do that instead of having to pick one or the other. And all the kids that are going to play USA hockey are not playing for their high school. Correct. So it would increase the number of correct players uh, with varsity programs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not moving on too far from that, but staying still in the hockey. But we do want to uh, address, obviously, this is not a political show by any means, but, you know, our thoughts and prayers and all that are with our the world right now with Ukraine and even not just the people of Ukraine, but the people of Russia as well. You know, they don't want to see. No, no, no. But um, it was uh, mentioned today, as as you wrote in here, Scott, that Russia and Belarus will be banned from any IIHF uh, events. Yes. So the ones coming up, the uh, U18 World Championships are in April. The rescheduled 2022 World Junior Tournament, which is under 20, that's uh, going to happen in August. They're, they're not going to be able to participate in that. And then the regularly scheduled 2023 World Junior Tournament, which is which started December of 2022, was actually scheduled to be in Russia, and they've already said they're going to pull that out of there. And then the men's championship is actually also due to be in Russia in the spring of 2023. And I would think unless things get settled real quick, they won't allow them into that. Even if it does get settled, why? Why allow it? Yeah. I mean, even if it does get settled. You know, I, and I know we can't, we can't, you know, you can't punish people for someone else's sins, right? Yeah. I understand that. However, I think this is, you know, again, not to get political with it, but nobody, nobody except for one person thinks they're going to win in this whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's money driven. All a- of absolutely. it is money driven, right? Uh, so you can't go and start a world war by attacking them from a military front the the u uh, the uh the the, the 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 russia invaded ukraine what do you want a russian guy to do speak out against putin yeah with it's... family in russia so to read what what dominic Hashik said 
Well, right. you, they're, Crit- they're, criticizing they're, our president as a national pastime. Right. You don't do it over there. No, but if Alex Ovechkin comes out and says, I disapprove of Vladimir Putin, well, you might as well get flowers and send them to the yeah. nearest whatever. Yeah, and he's got family over there. Yes. Yeah. All of them do. Right. So it's a rock and a hard place. And as they all say, they, they don't want anything to do with, you know, a war or any of that nature. But it's unfortunate that those kids that have worked extremely hard for World Junior, for Under 18 Junior, for World Championships, that they aren't going to get a chance to participate. But, yeah, hey. And they're already, uh, and you got to like the, the way the Ukrainian people are sticking up. Oh, themselves. my gosh. They already have Snake Island T-shirts. They had those like the next day. <laughs> So I, I heard if you re- don't know what that is, go ahead and look yeah. it up. Well, That's something else. Google it. And then the I heard a report that those 13 guys are okay. Yeah, well, that's not what I I, I mean the original, I, the, the original report. report was not. Right. And it came through, it was on, I mean, you believe what you want to believe, it was on CNN. If that's true, if they're okay, they're gonna be celebrities. Right. Big time. And then the phone call from Biden <clears throat> to uh the other guy saying, I'll get you out of there. He's like, I don't, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. Yeah. He's right to the president. President's getting on the ground. He's like, I don't need a ride, man. I need ammo. I'm not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Good for them. Well, well, let's hope that everybody, uh, uh, you know, this ends okay uh, soon. So uh, let's see what's in the news of the Ohio Hockey Digest. The four OHSAA regional championship games are set for this weekend in Sylvania. The number one seed Toledo St. Francis will play the three seed Finley. St. Francis beat Northview three to nothing. Jackson Smalley with the shutout in that one. That's a guy who uh, Mark Monroe mentioned by name uh, during our preview last week. And he came through with a shutout in the uh, uh, regional semifinal game. And then the other one, that was the two, three seed uh, Finley edges Bowling Green four to three. Ethan Lammers with the game winning goal with 104 left in regulation. Um, Basically, the assessment there from Mark Monroe last week was that it was the top four teams could go any which way, and it was all going to be uh, come down to goaltending because all four teams had strong goaltending. So uh, it'll be St. Francis and Finley for the regional final in Sylvania. In Brooklyn, the top two uh, ranked teams in the state, St. Ignatius and St. Edward, will meet for the regional championship on Saturday. Ignatius beat Benedictine three to nothing. Benedictine goaltender Michael Peltz, I think that's how you say his last name, P-E-L-C, 50 saves for the Bengals. I showed up at that game five or six minutes into the second period, no score. And I thought, oh, <laughs> like, like I thought I was just going to duck in, see how it was going, and then come back for the later game. But uh, had to stick around for that one. It was one nothing going into the third. Certainly uh, the Wildcats carried the play in that one, but their goaltender – uh, the goaltender for Benedictine kept them in the game, made that a very interesting contest. Three nothing was the final, and then Ed's uh, ten to one over Padua in the other game. So we will have Ignatius and Ed's on Saturday at one o'clock at Brooklyn Rec uh, for the Brooklyn District Championship, regional championship. I keep going back and forth, and in Kent, uh, we're gonna have to see if. Uh, Lilstrung spent quite a bit of time over in Lilstrung's corner there at the uh, Kent uh, ice rink because the first game went to triple overtime. Uh, veteran Shea Hofstrom with the game winner for GA to beat Walsh Jesuit three to two in triple overtime. And then the second game went to overtime as well. 
Uh, Brad Baxton with the winner for Menor as they beat US two to one. So we will have Gilmore and Menor. Uh, I believe that's also on Saturday um, for the regional championship in Kent. Menor was the sixth seed, so they were the lowest in all four uh, regions. The number one seed is playing in the championship game. Menor was a sixth seed in uh, the Kent region. They were the lowest seed to make it to the final. And then in Columbus, uh, Olentangy, Liberty, and Upper Arlington, the top two seeds, uh, advanced to the final. Liberty edged St. Charles two to nothing. There was an empty netter in that one. And then UUA beat uh, Thomas Worthington was kind of the Cinderella story uh, in Columbus, making it to the regional semis. Uh, I'll point out that UA uh, player Sam Burns is now over 50 goals and 100 points on the season. So uh, pretty impressive scoring totals for him. And uh, check OhioHockeyDigest.com for game times and brackets uh, from here on out. Medina won both the National and the American Division playoffs in the North Coast High School Hockey League Championships at Winterhurst over the weekend. The Bees defeated Team Ohio for National Division Championship game and the Canton-Akron Jets 3-1 in the American Division. Eight teams from four different leagues participated in the 2022 POD Tournament. Archbishop Alter defeated Beaver Creek 3-1 for the championship in a rematch of the SWOHSHL championship game. It's a lot of letters. <clears throat> Following the event, Greg Gutterson tweeted out the following. Congrats to our graduating seniors from Alter, Beaver Creek, Lake, Troy, Springboro, Westlake, Worthington, Kilbourne, and Whitmer. Lessons learned are, are for life, not just hockey. Effort, teamwork, discipline. Thank you. Great to see uh, teams from four different yeah, leagues participating in it. Yeah. Hopefully that continues to catch on, and maybe we'll see some more in different parts of the state. I know just from up here, I didn't realize that Westlake was down there, but that's good, yep. that's good to see. Yep. Uh, the U.S. PHL Premier Playoffs start this week. The Toledo Cherokee earned one of the two buys at the top of the Great Lakes Division. The Columbus Mavericks and Lake Erie Bighorns will face off in one best-of-three division quarterfinal series, and the Cincinnati Junior Cyclones will go up against the Pittsburgh Vengeance in the other. If Columbus wins, they will take on Toledo in the semifinal. The Youngstown Phantoms traded one Michigan State commit for another last week, sending 17-year-old rookie forward Dylan Wegner to the Des Moines Buccaneers for veteran 19-year-old center Tiernan Shouty. Both Wegner and Shouty are future Spartans. The Phantoms also included first and third round draft picks in the deal while acquiring sixth and eighth round picks in return. Wegner, who did not produce a point in 15 games with the Youngstown lit the lamp in his Bucks debut Friday night. Of course he did. <laughs> They're going to get rid of him. I'm going to score now. <laughs> this episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on-air podcast is brought to you by Athletic Performance Insight. APIs, easy to use, affordable technology, designed specifically for amateur hockey, provides every team the opportunity to benefit from video and analytics. Teams use the API app to track events in real time. Event data is used to generate reports, and simplify video review. Athletic Performance Insight, amateur hockey, elite technology, professional results. Go to athleticperformanceinsight.com today to learn more about this tool and view a demo video.
Welcome back to On Air. I want to remind everybody with the live audience, if you have any questions or comments, please type those into the chat and we'll get to those if opportunity presents itself. College Hockey Mid-America held their 2022 league tournament at Gilmore Academy February 18th and 20th, and the John Carroll University Blue Streaks won three games in three days to win the league tournament and gain a berth in the 2022 ACHA Division I National Tournament in St. Louis. Please welcome on air Blue Streaks head coach Scott Chantry and team captain Brian Russell. Welcome, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, so we do appreciate you guys coming on, talking a little bit about your program, about the year, about the upcoming national tournament. Um, we are live, so if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It is what it is, right? So if we talk over each other, that's okay, too. Sounds good. All right. So we'll talk to both of you about your backgrounds in the upcoming national tournament. Let's talk about three wins. Coach, I'll talk with you first. And it's three wins in three days. Kent State, six to three win. Coach, how was it? Or how has it been having another Ohio team in the CHMA? Well, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a great addition for hockey in Ohio. And it's, it's nice that uh, we're familiar with them and they're right down the road from us, right? So um, with Slippery Rock uh, leaving the ACHA, um, Kent was scheduled to come in. It was a natural fit anyway, just geographically. Um, so it was, uh, it, it was a unanimous vote that they were voted in the league. And it's, it's, it's been great so far. So Indiana U of PA, uh, there was the second seed. Now you lost them twice during the season, but you knocked them out. Talk to me a little about that. Yeah. So it was, uh, we had blown, uh, we had played them two or three weeks before the tournament. We blew a two goal lead in the last five minutes, actually out there. Um, and they had, uh, they had taken it to us pretty good in, uh, in November when they were up here. So, uh, we tried to make some adjustments and uh, tried to play a little bit differently against them. And it worked except for the last couple of minutes. So we knew, um, at least coming into the tournament that we could play with them and, and what we needed to do to kind of try to bring it home the next time we played them. And this next one's going to go to both of you guys. So I'm going to start uh, with you coach. Then you take the Panthers who's not lost a league game all season, three to one win. Talk to us about that. And uh, Brian, I want to talk to you about that one as well. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, we had played them. Like I said, we had played them in November up here and it was a really good game. They beat us two to one. Um, we had a bunch of chances in that game and just didn't convert. So we felt like we could play with them. Um, and it was actually, in my opinion, I thought it was, we were really hot in November off to a really good started one, maybe five or six in a row at that point. Um, hadn't lost the league game and then um, hadn't lost the league game either. So going into that game, we knew how big of a game it was. Um, but when we look back on it, I actually thought it was uh, it, it might have worked out OK for us that we lost that game because it kept us hungry um, and it kind of kept us grounded as we moved into the second semester. Brian, what was the, your feeling and the team's feeling before that game compared to after? Um, going into it, I think we uh, like uh, coach just said that we like kind of how we played them tight both times we were there. Um, but. I think everyone can agree is kind of one of those things with winning the first two games, we just felt like we had a lot of momentum on our side. So I think the, the vibe in the locker room was definitely that we're going to take it to them. And then uh, the further the game went along and it was tied, kept it close down one, we were able to capitalize on that. Good. What about after the game? I mean, obviously you win the game, you beat a team that hasn't lost a league game all year. You got to feel good, but you know, what was that feeling like a little bit of, was it like kind of relief? Like, okay, three and three is a lot. Yeah, it was. And it was three. Those are three really tough games in a row. 
Um, yeah, I mean, coming in as a four seed, I don't know how many people really gave us a chance. I think a lot of people had Pitt and IUP kind of as the top two teams in our league, but and we dealt with a ton of injuries this year. I'm sure other teams did too, but just felt like we were really banged up and we were all kind of able to come together for this last weekend and finish it out. It's great. I mean, come on, that win put you in the national tournament and that's all i mean you're stone-faced right now now you're laughing but that put <laughs> you in the national tournament man well i mean was it was it bedlam in the locker room i mean you guys going bananas or what yeah i've never seen a locker room like that and it was really cool for us um we have a pretty big alumni base that's ended up staying in cleveland so they have the tournament at our home barn uh we had a ton of support there so it was three three awesome games in a row especially as a senior and upperclassman is cool way to go out of our home rink Absolutely. That's awesome. Coach, we want to get to the, the, the nuts and bolts of your uh, career here real quick. I apologize. Uh, could you tell our listening audience, where, where did you grow up playing? Uh, so I grew up playing in Cleveland. Um, started off uh, in the Euclid Youth Program. And then uh, when I was a squirt, I moved over to the Cleveland Americans and then played there uh, for three or four years. So that's where I grew up playing my youth hockey. And, and what took you to John Carroll? Uh, so the, the, the guy who founded the program, uh, you guys know him as Carl Wagner, uh, 1996, I was playing for the Cleveland junior Americans of the central States league. Um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for school. Um, and Carl had called me and he had called my father, um, and was just trying to convince me to come to John Carroll. I was trying to figure out if I was going to play another year of junior, if I was going to go somewhere else to school. Um, but he sold me on kind of what we tell our kids, right? It's great academics, uh, a chance to play in front of your parents at home and all your friends, um, and a chance to be a part of something at that point, right? Was to kind of build the program. Um, so that was what he sold me on. And again, like I said, when, when I talk to kids or try to get kids to come, um, join our program now, that's the exact same thing I tell them, right? Great school. Um, and, and the, the hockey then, I mean, it's not even comparable, right? The ACHA Division Two in 1996 is not even close to what the ACHA Division One is today. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I wound up there, and rest is next 22 <laughs> years is history. Well, at some point, the playing has to stop. They they will not let you play after a certain age. I understand that, and you have to move on to the next phase of life or or what what have you. At what point? or maybe it was during your playing days, did you decide you wanted to get into coaching? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was right away. Um, I had started my senior year. I had even started, we had moved over to Gilmore. My senior year was 2001. That was the first year that uh, we moved over um, and had Gilmore as our home rink. Um, so just being in there and then working with coach Malloy, um, he kind of gave me some opportunities to work with the goalies in the Gilmore program at that point. Um, and then after I graduated, I worked over there. I took a year off before I went to grad school and I worked over there at Gilmore. So, um, coach Malloy really helped me kind of get into coaching and get me, uh, get the ball rolling on that for me. So your current wins at John Carroll since 2018, 2019, 11 wins, a canceled season, 18 wins, 22 wins trending in the right direction. I mean, you played at John Carroll, you were an assistant coach at John Carroll, were there things you always thought, if I'm ever the head coach, I'll make these changes? Or was it just, I'm rolling with the tradition that we have, I'm taking, plugging what I think works better, or what was your mindset becoming the head coach at John Carroll? 
Yeah, I think everybody's, uh, I certainly have my own style um, and, and it's, um, you know, differs from Wilk in a lot of ways, who was, um, who I worked with for nine years when I was at Carroll. Um, so, but, but yeah, there's, there, there's always those certain things you do, but you try to put your own spin on it as well, right? You don't want everything to come in and be the same. And um, I think having, uh, having Ian come in, Ian Fredericks come in um, and kind of bring a different, uh, a different uh, viewpoint to, you know, he's a, he's the only John Carroll outsider on the staff. Um, but having him has really been a huge part of our success um, because he, you know, in addition to how, you know, how, how knowledgeable he is um, on the game about the game, he, he kind of brings a different perspective and kind of a, uh, a different ment uh, kind of a mental perspective too. That kind of, I know helps keep me grounded. Um, and then, you know, kind of, kind of bringing him in with, with Andrew Wisniewski, who's our other assistant, um, has really brought that consistency, right? So we've had the same guy or guys on the bench for like the last 15 years. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of got us headed in the right direction. Um, and, and this is our third national, national tournament appearance, uh, appearance um, in the last 10 years. So um, awesome. you said it, but I think we've, I think we've got this thing headed in the right direction. We return 23 guys next year too. So there's my next uh, question. There's my next question. In, yeah. in regard to How do you feel about the state of the program four years in? I mean, and obviously you're bringing back 23, We're bringing back 23 guys wow. next year. Um, and, and a lot of those guys played key roles for us this year. So we've got underclassmen, so to speak, freshmen and sophomores, top six guys, probably three or four underclassmen there. Um, we've got a great, we graduate 3D, but we've got a great young group of D um, that played solid minutes for us um, coming down the stretch. And those guys are primarily freshmen too. So um, Clay Gazdak's the lone, lone kind of upperclassman in that. He'll be a junior next year from, he's a St. Ignatius guy. Um, and then we've got some younger guys from Buffalo that kind of help round out that course. So I'm um, really confident with where we're at. Um, and I think this is, this is going to be a couple, uh, a, a good couple year run for us. So uh, Brian won't be one of those 23 players. I don't think, and I know the rules changed with COVID and all the, you, you weren't able to secure a six year of eligibility for Brian Russell, were you? No, no, we weren't, but I, this, I'll tell you, this is going to be, this is uh, uh there has been a, a, a Russell brother, Brian's the third, um, there's been a, a Russell in this program for the last 11 years of, of wow. hockey at John Carroll. So um, I know his, his, uh, his parents, Bill and Judy have been a big part of our success too. Um, you know, bringing their, bringing their three kids to the program. We're going to miss them. Can, can we pretend for a minute that, that Brian is not with us and you can go ahead and sneak in which Russell brother was the best one so far? It's no question. Brian is the best Russell and I'm pretty sure everybody knows it. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. So, Brian, you uh, you played at Ignatius as well, um, and I just wanted to. We, so, we had Aiden Spellacy on here over the summer, and we brought up the 2014 state championship game, and he kind of bristled like it's been eight years. Is that still a game? So, that's the game for our listeners who might not know. Went to seven overtimes, was tied, and they just declared it a tie. And they've changed the rules, by the way, right? They have, yes, so, they have. Uh, they have changed the rules coming out of that. But is that they changed it the following year? Right, right, right. Is that still a game that you think about from time to time? Uh, it definitely crosses my mind. Um, I think everyone in that team, we definitely thought we were going to pull it out, but it's hard to be 
upset about that one. I think we had like 80 or 90 shots on that couple posts. So at that point, it's kind of just on us to finish that one. But yeah, definitely uh, it crossed your mind here and there. But luckily, I've been on some good teams and some winnings kind of helped me forget about that one for sure. While you were on the team in 2016, when uh, they beat US four to three, or you beat US four to three, uh, I think Spellacy had three points in that game. Um, so you, that probably helped uh, get the taste out of your mouth a little bit. Yeah, it definitely did. A Aiden was always good for a couple points every game, so it was fun to play with him. <laughs> so after that, um, what were your what other avenues were you considering for furthering your hockey career? Or was it always you were going to go uh, play at John Carroll or what other avenues did you entertain? Yeah, so uh, my senior year, I played for Team Ohio as well as St. Ignatius. So through that, I know me and Aiden, we were able to do some like showcases and through both seasons, we kind of got some exposure to the junior world. I know Aiden had an older brother who played junior, so I think I kind of leaned to their family for some advice. Uh, but as Scott said, I had two older brothers that went to John Carroll and just seeing them play there, uh, the friends they made, and most importantly, uh, the education. I think John Carroll is a great school. So that was definitely a huge selling point for me. And then through the business program at Carroll, you can do a five-year MBA. And so that was always something that caught my eye. And then the rules changed while I was in college. So I was able to get five years out of it. So it ended up working out perfect for me. That did work out. <laughs> Um, so, so you're, you're getting your MBA. That's, that's fantastic. And, uh, so I don't know, forgive my ignorance. I was looking for stats online and that, and elite prospects had some numbers, but I don't know if that's, uh, how, um, comprehensive those are, but, uh, is Brian the leading scorer in school history among defensemen? I think so. Yes. I would have to do some work on that. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's pretty safe to say, I mean, it's gotta be at the point now where he's over a hundred games. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think, uh, I, I, I would have to think it's pretty close. He's gotta be the leader. He's gotta be the leader for goals. I mean, he's got how many be 25, 30, he's got 10 this year. Can tell least. you. Yeah. Actually 47, 47, that a boy. According to elite, elite <laughs> prospects, uh, 173 <laughs> <Attaboy>. <laughs> career games, uh, 47 goals, 87 assists, 134 points. So, um, and you said you're you're getting your MBA. When did when did you and how did you become captain? Is that something the players uh, vote on that? Do the coaches determine that? And and how many years have you been the captain? Um, coach can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know we do a player vote every season. And I think that kind of takes in a little bit of weight. And I think the coaches also kind of take that into consideration when they're picking. But um, I was picked my senior year, which would have been two years ago. I took the gap year in between. And then uh, they kept me as captain this year, which was, was fun. Great. And um, any thoughts of uh, going on some pro tryouts or anything like that to, to keep playing? Or is this going to be it? Um, I'd be open to anything. I haven't heard of anything. So if, uh, <laughs> if, 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 some, if you have some news for me, that'd be awesome. But <laughs> it's looking like this is it so far. <laughs> if, if any, uh, any coaches, GMs, anybody's listening to our show, <laughs> just go ahead and contact Scott Harrington. He's now the agent. <laughs> agent meeting coach, obviously, uh, 
in order to get guys to come to your school, you have to go out and watch players play. Where, where, what leagues are you mostly recruiting players from in and out of Ohio? Yeah, we're it's it's always it, the last two years have really been a challenge for us, but I think we've we've uh, done pretty well to manage. We don't we don't have a ton of junior players on our roster. I, I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that. I think we might only have three or four junior guys on our roster this year. Um, but, uh, but we're watching, we're watching the USP, we're watching NA3, um, we're watching midget AAA. Um, and so I think we've had a lot of success and then, and then the high school and prep schools too. So, I mean, I don't know how well known of a fact this is, but we have nine kids on our team that went to St. Joseph's college Institute in Buffalo, New York. Um, we had five of them that are seniors this year and four of them that are freshmen this year from that school. Um, so that's, so that's been a great, we've had a great relationship. Uh, I think we have one or two more that may be on the way from there next year, um, depending on how some financial aid th- things shake out. Um, so that's been a really good program for us. Um, and then in, in Ohio, we've got, we, we traditionally usually only have about five or six Ohio kids um, and Cleveland kids. Uh, we've got about eight, I think this year. Um, and a lot of those kids played, played Cleveland high school hockey as well. So, um, and a lot of those guys have are younger uh, but have been able to, to, to get some quality experience for us this year and get some, get some games and play some meaningful shifts for us. So I'm not super picky about where guys played. Um, I, I just want kids that are good kids and that can skate well uh, and, that, and that know the game. So um, getting kids from good programs, um, you know, high level or not, aside from the fact that they're, you know, a little bit younger when they get to us um, and we're a lot younger than some of the teams that we play. Uh, but by the time those guys are seniors, just like this year's group, um, it, it, it usually levels itself out. I mean, you gave us your, your, uh, your selling point of the education, the academia, and you get to play in front of, you know, good crowds and at home for these Ohio kids, especially, but what are you as a recruiter, if you will, looking for in a player, <clears throat> excuse me, what, that you want to potentially bring into John Carroll? Yeah. I think the one thing that I've really focused on is skating ability. And I think that's the um, that's been one of the strengths of our team this year. Um, one of the strengths has really been depth. We've got, you know, we've got, we ran 18 forwards deep this year. Um, and most of those guys got, you know, most of those guys got nine or 10 games at least. Um, and then again, with the D we're playing a little different style than we have in the past, just because we're able to skate and our D have really been able to jump into the play. So we've been playing a little bit more open style um, than we have in the past. Um, so I think for me, that's one of the main things is we look to bring in kids next year is do they fit that style? Um, I think it served us pretty well. Well, just going through the list of Ohio players on your roster, and I'm going to butcher the living bejesus out of their names. And I apologize, but Luke and Jonah, go ahead. Carnoffel. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Yeah. Out of Hudson. We got Matthew Pfeiffer, St. John's, Michael and Max Kurth. Go ahead. I, I think it's Krasinski. That's what okay. I've been calling him for the last three years. <laughs> Bruz, at Homestead Falls, Clay Gazdek, as you mentioned, from Menor, St. Ignatius. Uh, Christian, uh, yep, Christian, he played uh, – He played Medina in the yeah, band organization. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm horrible with names, and I apologize for That's all okay. those guys that I just mentioned. But Do you have any Smiths or Jones on the team? No, no. Russell's about as Russell. Hey, the only – It's vanilla. reason, Brian – Brian's also the captain, but it's also the easiest one to announce. Right. Yeah. When we ask Coach who we have on, we're like, no, nope, can't pronounce it. No, nope, can't pronounce it. How about I bring my captain? Yeah, that'll work too. What's his name? Yeah. Russell. Perfect. Perfect. Let's roll. 
That's like that Saturday Night Lights Saturday Night Life skit uh, where uh, what's the chance the rapper? Yeah, he couldn't pronounce anything. There's like four vowels together. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for both you guys, I want to talk to you guys about the uh, 2022 national championship that will be starting here for you guys on March 10th uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. First of all, so it's kind of a tough thing because um, your program is a. Can can you talk to us about how your program is funded? Yeah, so our program's funded probably about 65 or 70% by the university. So our kids do pay to play. Uh, this year, the fee to play was $1,600. Um, and, and so that's that's a challenge, too. Some of the teams that we're playing against have full-time staffs and have uh, have fully funded programs. Um, but in terms of how much how much teams play, I think it's kind of at the lower end if, if, if teams are paying to play. Um, that's just kind of anecdotal from my own experience. Um, but the school's been really helpful. That that number has grown um, prob- very significantly over the last 10 years. We've been able to keep that cost the same um, for as long as I can remember. Geez, um, I think maybe it's 13 or 1400 at some point, maybe five or six years ago. And our our costs have only minimally increased. So um, but we've been able to do some great things. Uh, we take I mean, we travel charter buses everywhere. Um, we try to stay in hotels, not motels, if you kind of understand that distinction, right? Um, and then we have a really great parent group that supports and um, kind of takes turns getting food for us. Because a lot of our trips are kind of up and back to so Pittsburgh. We might be at home one night against Mercyhurst on Friday and then go up and play Pitt or Duquesne on a Saturday. So um, when we're in those on those quick up and back trips, um, you know, the parents are great about putting together box lunches or, or taking care of the boys for whatever they need um, for, for our ride back. So um, really through that group and then through the school, um, you know, our kids really don't have to really don't have to pay to 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 um, to play good quality level hockey. So obviously the goal at the end of the season is to always play in the national tournament. Um, if you if you go the distance, it's five games in five days. In St. Louis, hotels, food, buses. Was there any extra fundraising or, or any effort that you had to uh, enact? Yeah, we actually do have a fundraiser going right now. Um, you can get the details. I think they put it out on Instagram as well, but I saw it today on Twitter. Um, so if there's anybody out there who would, uh, the, the school covered about school covered about half of our national tournament expense, um, which was an unplanned for expense on their part, um, and and. Uh, so it'll be, it, it would be great if anybody out there could contribute, um, to kind of lighten the load on the team a little bit. Okay. So, uh, Brian, this rink that you guys are going to play in the Century community ice rink, um, are you familiar with it? I am not. This will be my first time uh, playing in St. Louis. Have you, have you seen this ice rink? I have not looked into it yet. No. Google it. <laughs> we just, it's, we just did. It's an open concept. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Look at look at his face. Like, oh, wow. So it's the St. Louis Blues practice facility, but it's an open concept. It's really unique. So I, I'm not going to say it's like playing out at uh, uh, North Park <laughs> out on, in Illyria, but it's a lot nicer than that. But what I mean, ta- national championship, St. Louis is a lot warmer than we are around this time of the year. Hope so. so that it will be. Uh, what is you know, what's your thought on that playing in an open concept? And by the way, what does that mean though? What is open concept? What about it is open concept? It's like they have a half not, a roof. It's not completely enclosed. There's a right. roof over it, but it's open air. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, it's open air. Okay. okay. On at least one I, side. I, I didn't know. And I wanted to be a part of this conversation. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so you're also playing uh, Maryville. And this is their home rink, I believe. Correct? I'm not sure. I rink. think Maryville might have. A, I, I think they might have their own rink on campus. Okay. They okay. said they're, they're using two rinks. And yeah. there are some games are being played at Maryville. So I don't know if they'll let them play on their home rink. Maybe they will. So, Brian, talk to us first about uh, playing in a new surface. You said you never played in St. Louis before. So. How are you? Are you guys are you guys able to get some practice time in there? When do you guys leave for uh, St. Louis? I believe right now we're planning on uh, skating Monday. We have pre- regular schedule this week, and then we're going to get into a practice Monday and then maybe Tuesday and bus out Tuesday night. Is that right, Coach? Yeah, I think uh, I'm not sure if we're going to practice on Tuesday night or not yet before we leave, but we're going to leave Tuesday. Um, we have practice at one o'clock. Um, at that place on uh, on Wednesday afternoon before we play our game there on Thursday. Thursday, so, okay. Um, yeah, they're giving us some time um, to to kind of get there, get acclimated, and and uh, and be on that ice for an hour. Okay, so Brian, what's your thought? What, what are you, what's your feelings right now going into this national tournament? You've never played Maryville before, correct? Yeah, no, we we haven't played them at all in my all right. six years at I'm sure you're going to do some research, kind of try to find a game online here or there, see what they're all about. What what's going through your your mind? Uh, super excited, pumped up to be in the national tournament. Uh, I know me and the guys on the team have done some research and tried to get uh, some film, and I know we'll probably have something before we get there. But they look like they're a great team, and I think we're just all kind of riding the high and have the momentum coming in the way we close the season. So uh, kind of a similar mindset to what we brought into our playoff tournament, and I think the longer we keep the game tight even though i know we're the 19th seed but longer we stay and i think the more that we'll feed off that yeah the 19th seed but you 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 yourself you've played in some big games in, in your playing career before so you know you should you know you take that with you and, and, and expose that to your teammates as well and and again I, i'm looking at the bracket here and you know yeah the 19th seed but i mean you beat Pitt, and they have them seated as 13 so a number's a number right exactly right so you still have to play the game. Well, to Coach and to Brian, good luck in St. Louis. Uh, good luck uh, this week preparing then in St. Louis. I really hope that we can have you guys back on after you played five and five. I thought three and three was hard as I was looking at the schedule. Holy smokes, five and five. Somebody, hopefully you guys, the John Carroll team, uh, will be very tired, very beat up, uh, but very happy at the end of this. Well, that, that, that's, that's why we're going, right. It's, it's, we're, we're going to go, we're planning on winning as many games as we possibly can. So, um, and just like you said, it's, it's, it's just a number and in any one game scenario, anything can happen. So I think our guys are ready and, and, and we'll be, we'll be ready when the bus pulls up in, uh, in about eight or nine days. There you go. And anyone that's listening, if you want to support John Carroll hockey in that ongoing fundraiser for the national tournament, um, I'm sure you can find it on our website, the Ohio Hockey Digest as well. We'll make sure that we get that up there for you guys. Please support. Awesome situation going on here. Congratulations to you guys. Uh, thanks for coming on tonight and talking to us about uh, your guys' background, the team, the season, and the tournament. Good luck up in St. Louis, and we hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, check out www.ohiohockeydigest.com for episodes archives, and a list of upcoming guests. We're continuing to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air 
the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Thank you.